Instagram can be a powerful place to learn new things, but you do have to be careful because one, not everything on there is true. And there's just a lot of information. And so you have to be careful about how much information you want to allow into your life. I've learned so many amazing things from Instagram, things about organization and feeding my kids and baby wearing and cleaning and just awesome things that really have helped my life. I'm really excited because today on the podcast, I'm having my friend Sabrina share about her experience of using Instagram as a tool for good. Because this month we're talking all about using technology as a tool for good. And so she's sharing some of her favorite accounts and her perspective on how to discern what is true and how to handle the overload of information online. Don't forget that this month's workshop is all about keeping your social media use under control, especially if you have to use it for work. So if you are a small business owner and you're having a hard time setting healthy phone boundaries and you wanna use social media as a way to grow your business, then this workshop is going to be powerful. It's going to be all of us coming together and I'll be giving some trainings on what's worked for me. And then you can also connect with these other small business owners. So check out the show notes to sign up for our workshop this month. I'm Alex, a screen time mentor for young moms. And today we're going to be talking about how to use Instagram as a way to learn and to be inspired. Do you ever find yourself turning to your phone without even thinking about it? Or do you get sucked into scrolling and regret not using that time for something else? You are not alone. I'm Alex, a screen time mentor for young moms, and I'm here to help you get a grip on your own screen time so you can be present, intentional, and live a more fulfilling life. Welcome to the Mindful with Media podcast. Welcome to the Mindful with Media podcast. I'm so excited because today we're talking with Sabrina And Sabrina, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? So I'm from California. I grew up there near Sacramento. So it's pretty hot most of the year and really not any snow. And now I live in Utah and I'm not a huge fan of the weather currently. It's been a very long winter. My family likes to send me lots of pictures of them all playing outside in the really nice weather right now. And I'm like, well, I can't go outside right now. So that's great. But I have two kids. I have a little girl who just turned three and then one who just turned one. And then I have another baby due in probably June and we don't know what it is. So that'll be fun. It's so exciting. And something else about Sabrina is she's the oldest of 10 kids, right? Yes. Yeah. My youngest brother is a month younger than my oldest daughter. So they've got lots of aunts and uncles who are cousin ages, which is really fun. It's such a fun family dynamic and something about Sabrina. So she was homeschooled and I feel like she just knows everything. And not that that is technically (laughs) to homeschool, but I think in my mind, I associate that with like, she's just very wise. And so whenever I have a question, it's usually, my questions are usually related to like parenting or housekeeping or organization or anything like that. I always ask Sabrina and she always has an awesome answer. And she often will send me an Instagram account to follow about that topic. (laughs) And so I'm like, this is so cool. And 
because this month we're talking all about using technology as a tool for good, I wanted to have Sabrina on the podcast to share about how she uses technology as a tool for good and specifically with using Instagram and the internet for learning. I just want to start off with that question of how do you use technology or Instagram as a way to learn? Well, I was trying to think of how it started because when I first got Instagram, I was 18. I just gotten a phone. I didn't have a phone until I was 18. And so, yeah, I didn't have Instagram till then either. And at first, I think I mostly just followed like friends and family. There were a couple people who I started following right away who were kind of like exercise accounts. And I think there were some baking ones, things like that. Yeah. I think I just kind of kept adding on different accounts on topics that have interested me at different points in my life. So now I follow like some workout people, some, a good amount of like DIY people who like they'll do things to their house or build things themselves, like a built-in bunk beds for their kid's room or something like that, which is really cool. I follow some cooking people and a lot of like birth accounts and some baby wearing accounts, <laughs> like, you know, just any topic where I'm like, this is really interesting. I want to learn more. I feel like, you know, Instagram hears me talking about it and suddenly there's all these accounts <laughs> that pop up and it's like, go. Oh. love that algorithm. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> but really in all honesty, like we always joke about the algorithm, but it actually can be a huge tool for your benefit to be able to find yeah. helpful accounts. Yeah. And I think in this situation, it really has been because, you know, you'll search one thing and then it remembers that you searched that and you liked a couple posts or something, and then more accounts similar to that pop up. And that's been a really great way to find other accounts that are similar that I like. And even if I don't end up following them, as long as I'm liking their posts or sharing them or something, they'll keep popping up in my explore page. So I don't always have to follow all of the, the accounts that I like, which is really nice. What is, do you have any sort of process or like how, how do you go about finding accounts? Um, It depends. So like, for example, the like DIY accounts that I follow, I don't remember how I started following the first one. It might've been that someone I followed did like a DIY project and she shared a couple people who she followed who like their account's purpose was, you know, ripping out walls in their house and redoing something or something smaller even, you know? And so then I was like, Oh, that's really cool. They did that. And I followed them and then, you know, Instagram shows me more. (laughs) So it just kind of snowballs, but How often do you use the explore page? Would you say? It depends. I sometimes use it more than I like because I'm, you know, stuck with a baby who only wants to sleep if I'm holding them. And so, you know, if I don't have a good book to read on my phone, then you end up scrolling through stuff, which isn't always a bad thing. And so then I'll, you know, be looking at the explore page because I've run out of stuff on my normal feed. I I don't feel like I follow people that often. I try and keep a pretty small amount of people that I follow because especially with stories, I don't like leaving the bubbles 
like with the little ring around it saying like that you can watch their watch. story. <laughs> so if I have a lot of stories to go through, I have to just like click really fast through them so that I can get through it. So I don't leave the little bubble. <laughs> so you have a very select people, a select number of people that you follow, but then you use the explore page more for learning and education and things like that. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that sounds right. That's cool. I, I want to do that more because I feel like I'm constantly like going through who I follow and like, just, mm-hmm. it's just too much to follow too many people and too many accounts, even right. if it's good, helpful information or people that I know, like, it's just too much to try to stay in contact with everybody I've ever met, like, <laughs> yeah, it is. or to follow every account that's helpful to me. But I, mm-hmm. I like that idea of just using the explore page to learn new things. Yeah. And especially if you're sharing, or I think probably saving their posts, I've noticed they pop up more still see the best ones like their best posts yeah that's really cool what are some of your favorite accounts that you follow (laughs) how many do you want (laughs) let's do like like what your favorite in each category so you mentioned like exercise diy anyways kind of go through different categories and share your favorite of those accounts so let's see so baby wearing stuff, there's some really good accounts. And those are cool because like different wrapping techniques or different carriers can be really confusing. But on Instagram, it's nice because they can show so many videos of them doing whatever wrap job or putting on the carrier. Uh, and it can be a lot more clear than like the written instructions that come <laughs> with the wrap <laughs> that make no sense at all. <laughs> yes. So there's one called, let's see, let's talk baby wearing. That one's really great. And she, she shares a lot of other accounts also. So you could like branch off from her for sure. Let's see for exercise. So there's two that I really like. Hannah Bauer too is one where she does more like in gym workouts, but she'll often give like modifications for doing it at home if you need to. Cool. Is that um, focused like for during pregnancy or would that be not during pregnancy? So both the ones that I'm sharing, they, they do focus on pre and postnatal information. Both of them I've actually been following since before they had kids or were pregnant. So that was cool because they had a different focus then, but then they got pregnant and went through all of the like certification and learning and everything. So they could do pregnancy safe workouts and all of that. Cool. And now they've kind of changed to that more pre and postnatal stuff, which is really neat. Cool. So the other one is sugary six pack. Okay. And I'll make sure to link all these in the show notes. Yeah. And she does all at home workouts. So that's really nice. You don't have a gym membership. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have, does she, do you need to have like equipment for her stuff? I think probably just some dumbbells or like a a band or something like that. A lot of the, it could be done with just body weight or they'll both show things like using their kids as their weight. (laughs) Okay. That is so cool. I think that's, I love that. Yeah. Cause they both have two or three kids. And so, and they're all pretty little. So, you know, sometimes you just got to get the workout in and the kids won't leave you alone. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. Okay. So 
we have the baby wearing and then a couple exercise ones. How about DIY? What DIY accounts do you like? So builds by Kristen is one that I really like. She does more like home reno DIY stuff and which I really like watching. They're redoing a older house right now that they're living in. That's pretty cool. That's cool. And then let's see my favorite cleaning account yeah. <laughs> uh, is Go Clean Co. They're really great. They're based in Canada and they do like a spring and a fall cleaning challenge, which is really fun. So they're just finishing the spring one right now. But if you enjoy watching cleaning videos, they've got, <laughs> they've got some really good ones. <laughs> and then bra fittings by court is a really good one. Yeah. So she, she has a in-person store. She's based in Utah, I think near Logan, but I can't remember, but she also has an online store and then an Instagram account because most women wear the wrong size bra. And so like wearing the right size can really help, especially if you're like nursing, it can really help prevent mastitis and stuff like that. So Which I is, think that's a really great follow. She teaches you how to wear the right size bra, right? Like yeah, because most people, you know, just kind of grow up wearing whatever size they found that fits. And then it's usually wrong by quite a bit. So yeah, she she has an online calculator that you can use to get your correct size. And because she has that store, then at the if when you do the calculator, it will pop up at the bottom some sizes and like different types of bras that will fit you, your size and your shape really well from their experience, which is cool. So cool. It's awesome. Any other accounts that you um, there's so many, but just like know, there's a lot, but um, let's see. Hey, sleepy baby is a really good one for like baby and toddler sleep. She's not a sleep trainer. She does. Well, I guess she teaches you about like normal biological infant and toddler sleep and like what that really looks like. Um, it's usually better than you're expecting it will be, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like it really helps to have that information because then you don't feel like, well, my baby's not the only one not sleeping through the night at three months old or something. Uh, you know, I really like her account built to birth is another one. That's really good for birth, (laughs) obviously. And then my husband actually has an Instagram account where he reviews different books and I actually review them with him. So my book Nook Reviews is a great follow. (laughs) (laughs) I will vouch for that. They are avid readers and it's really fun because they'll give ratings and then reasons to read the book and then reasons not to read the book. And so anyways, I really like the way that you set it up and you have such a variety of books on there, which is really fun. We both like a a large variety of books. Um, And sometimes you'll see that we both reviewed a book because we had very differing opinions about what the rating should be. (laughs) These are awesome. So there's like, there's just so much information online and a lot of it is very like opposite, you know, like it contradicts each other. So Mm -hmm. how do you like, how do you differentiate what is true versus what is just opinions. I think that can be really hard, (laughs) especially 
especially if you're looking at parenting stuff. Because there's some things where I don't think it really matters very much, like if it's true, if it's just an opinion, you know, someone's opinion about the best cleaning schedule, it doesn't really matter. Uh, It's going to be different for everyone. And maybe you'll find something that works for you that someone else shared, but like in the long run, it, it really makes not very much of a difference, but it can be really hard with, with other things, especially parenting, because there are so many opinions that are very different and often like directly contradict each other. And I think you have to be willing to do your own research on things like, and, and also look at like, what are that, what is that person's qualifications? So if it's just like a mommy blogger giving me baby sleep advice, maybe not the best place to take the advice from (laughs) because maybe they have the experience with one or two kids, but I feel like a lot of them, a lot of the really popular like mommy blogger influencer type people only have one or two kids. And so like one thing that works really great for one kid and they think it's like the golden standard (laughs) isn't going to work really well for another kid. Or maybe they got two that it worked really great for, but their third one would have totally not, (laughs) not been the same. (laughs) Yeah. I think that is such a good point that like what works for one person and what works for one child isn't going to work for everyone else. And just remembering that that you and your kids are different. Mm -hmm. Where do you go to do your own research? I think it depends on the topic. Yeah. Like if it's like for baby sleep, for example, I would probably try and look at some, a couple different sides of the issue. So like that account that I shared earlier, Hey Sleepy Baby, how she talks a lot about like what's normal biologically, what, what happens psychologically in the babies. And so like some people will share research articles kind of linked into their, their post. And that can be a good way to do some research on your own. Instagram is hard with that because you can't like copy stuff. (laughs) So you just have to like search for the article on your own but usually they've given enough information that you can find it. Yeah. But that's really hard with research articles because (laughs) you're often like, you usually have to pay to have access to like full research articles, which is so annoying to me. Um, I do like parenting translator on (laughs) she, her whole like purpose is to make research about parenting accessible to Uh like one, like even if you could, you did pay to have access to these articles, it's so confusing understanding it. So she breaks it down. So it's understandable. Mm -hmm. And so you can access it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Accessing them was definitely easier when I still had access to like my student accounts. (laughs) Right. I know I missed most of those were free then. (laughs) But then I think also like looking for books on that topic is really great. And, and some, some people will also link, or I guess not link, we'll talk about books that they think are really good for that topic. And so that can be a 
another way that's easy to do a little more research on your own that's a little more digestible than a research paper. Yeah. And usually you can find them in the library. So that makes it cheap. Yeah. And and a book dives deeper. Often like what people share on Instagram, even what I share on Instagram, like it just scratches the surface and it could totally be taken the wrong way without Mm -hmm. (laughs) deeper things, you know? So I love that of like actually going to the source where they got that information, whether that's the research article or a book or something like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And I think also going with that same example of baby sleep, it can be helpful to look at like what other countries do, like what is, because it's so easy to see like what all your friends are doing and what all the people you see on Instagram doing and think that's what like everyone does. But really there's a huge variety in a lot of different areas. If you look kind of throughout the world, for example, with baby sleep stuff, the U.S. is one of the only countries where sleep training is the the normal thing to do. With a lot of other countries, that's like unheard of and weird and like people just don't understand it. Co-sleeping is the normal for, thing for them to do. Yeah, I totally saw that when I lived in Indonesia. Like, uh-huh. yeah, I'm sure. For the standard, like. Yeah. And even in a lot of like European countries, um, that's like normal they're like co-sleeping is normal there also, but it's so easy to see just like, I feel like a lot of the bigger mommy blogger people are from the U S they're white. They have one or two kids. They're pretty well off. (laughs) So you're just looking at a very small sample size, but if you're following, you know, 10 of those accounts and all your friends do the same thing, it can feel like that's what everyone does. Yeah. So I think it's helpful to look at a wider view of things if it's something like that. I really like that because I can't remember exactly, but when we go online and we see how, like, you know, whatever is shown to us, how people are doing things, even if we know that that's not how everybody's doing things, like our subconscious what is it? Our conscious mind can't overcome overcome our subconscious mind to actually know that that's not how everybody does things. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say, I'll find the, yeah. the link to this research article again to like back this up, but it's really confusing. And you get on there and like you say, it just seems like everybody's doing things a certain way or everybody. Yeah. I don't know. Like that there's one, only one right way to do things, but there's actually lots of right ways to do things. <laughs> there's not only one answer with all things, but I feel like, especially in parenting, it comes off that way because everyone's positive that their way is the one true, (laughs) the one true way. (laughs) It's like, how can you both be so sure that your way is the right way, but they're Mm -hmm. exact opposite. Yeah. (laughs) I, I totally feel that. So this kind of goes along with like that same idea, but there's just a lot of information. Like even if it is all true and even if it resonates with you, how do you handle the overload of information? I think you have to be willing to take a break and unfollow people. Even if they're someone who has been helpful to you in the past or maybe could still be helpful to you in the future, because it is really hard. 
there's just so much information, like you said. And I think, especially if you're a new parent, you want to do all the research. You want to research all the car seats and the strollers and the baby led weaning versus purees and make sure you're doing the best thing. It's so true. (laughs) And everyone has a different opinion and it can be really confusing and overwhelming. So yeah, I think doing research is really great. Um, And I think more parents probably should do research about other things, not just like car seats and strollers, like research about, do I really want to send my three-year-old to preschool just because everyone's doing that? Or is that, am I just thinking that I need to do that because everyone does it? Um, But there comes a point when that's just overwhelming to see all of the opinions and you need to just back up and unfollow people and think about what you want for your family, what feels right for your family and your child specifically. And even if it worked for one of your previous children, it might not work for the next one. So you have to be willing to, to change your mind about things and yeah. Unfollow people who aren't helpful anymore. I really like that. Like, even if they have been helpful to you or they could be helpful to you, mm-hmm. it's not what you just have to decide, like, this is too much information and just unfollow. And I think it could be helpful. And if you, if you think it's someone who you might want to refollow again later, like maybe save one of their posts or something in a, you know how you can do folders on Instagram with your saved posts. Like maybe you make a, a folder of people you want to come back to. That's a really cool idea. Save a a post from each person that you want to come back to in three months or six months or something. And maybe you'll find that you don't need them anymore. Or maybe you you're like, Oh yeah, this was a great account, but. And you're ready for that again. You're in a better place Mm -hmm. for that. And also I'll say from like a creator standpoint, it actually is better for people creating content. If you completely unfollow them, rather than just like not engaging with their posts because it actually helps the creator to grow more. So don't feel bad at following them. Yeah, exactly. So the same goes for me. If my information is too much for you, like unfollow me and I won't be offended. People that you follow won't be offended. Like, well, if they are, then. (laughs) Should you really be following them anyway? (laughs) I think for me, especially if I followed them for a long time, I feel bad unfollowing them because I'm like, oh, but you've been helpful. And like, maybe we've had conversations because you were a smaller account when I first started following you. And now like you've blown up. And so I know that if I unfollow you and then refollow, I probably won't get to talk to you again. Or I feel just like, oh, I, I shouldn't unfollow you. You're going to feel bad, but really they're not going to notice <laughs> It's so true. And like, I totally feel that way too. Like, like you said, like, because they have been helpful to me, I feel this obligation to like mm-hmm. following them, even though like, I don't need their posts anymore. I'm kind of past that stage of parenting or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Like, anyways, don't feel bad on following people. It's the purpose really of social media. Yeah. They won't notice. And even if they do like the purpose of social media, well, I think the purpose of social media is to serve us and to help us. And so mm-hmm. you're the only one that can control, control that. What are some of your favorite things that you've learned from Instagram? I think 
maybe one of the things that was that has been the most helpful is baby wearing stuff. So my first two daughters are 21 months apart and my second and my third will be either 16 or 17 months apart. So I've done a lot of baby wearing (laughs) and I didn't know before I saw someone do it on Instagram that you could wear two different carriers and wear two kids at once. And so I did that a lot last summer when my one-year-old was really new baby and my toddler could walk, but you know, not for very long. (laughs) And I had a friend group who did some hikes during the the summer, which was really fun. But my three-year-old, I guess she was two then, couldn't keep up for very long. So I'd end up carrying both of them, which was for sure a workout for me, but (laughs) man, I could get outside and have a good time with my friends and they could enjoy being outside. And it just made life a lot easier. (laughs) That is so cool. Even thinking about like trying to make dinner with Mm -hmm. the kids, like that's awesome. You can wear both of them. Yeah. Or there were a couple of times when they were both sick or one was sick and one was teething. And so, yeah, in order to get anything done, I just put them both on me and was able to get, get stuff done. It was a lot harder to get stuff done <laughs> than in the way, but yeah. that's a really cool one. And then I oh, think yeah. a lot of DIY stuff has been really helpful. Um, we just moved to a new house that we're renting and there were quite a few things that we needed after moving to a bigger place. And just because we're having a third kid, like I needed a, a bed for my three-year-old. So I, I built a bed frame for her. <laughs> um, and I did actually build her first bed also, but it's just a floor bed. So that was really easy. <laughs> the twin bed was a little bit harder. <laughs> and I built our kitchen table, which is really awesome and was way cheaper than we would have got it anywhere else. And, and you, so, you were able to do that from things you learned on Instagram? Yeah. So I think even just seeing other people, other women, especially um, doing things like that was really helpful and encouraging. Um, And I think one of the things I like about a lot of these DIY accounts is they don't just show the things that worked. They show the things like, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, that's cool. When you're starting out, it's so intimidating to be like, I'm going to waste money. I'm going to waste these materials and it's not going to work. Or it just turns out looking not how you wanted it. (laughs) And that can be really discouraging and make you feel like, well, I should just stop. So it's really cool to see these people who they have built some really cool things or done some really cool things, but they also show when they mess up or tried to cut a corner and it didn't go well. So that can be really encouraging as a beginner to be like, I'm not the only one. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And I'll have, I just have to vouch for Sabrina. She has made really cool things. Like (laughs) they can be a lot better. (laughs) I always tell her she needs to start a business where she sells these things things she makes because they're so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to share on this topic? One thing I was thinking about is that like Instagram is a really great way to 
learn things yourself about different topics. And even if you, you don't change your mind about, about things, like maybe you're kind of interested in homeschooling, but you don't really want to commit to it yet. Your kids aren't old enough and you're not sure what you think. It can be such a great way to just be exposed to different viewpoints. You know, you can find some accounts that, that talk about different ways of homeschooling because there's, there's a million ways to homeschool. <laughs> and I feel like they just kind of get lumped into one usually. You know, you hear a lot about public school and private school options, maybe even about charter schools, depending on your area. But there's so many different ways to homeschool. And if you're thinking about homeschooling, it can be really great to follow a couple different accounts who homeschool in different ways. So you can see like, would that work for me? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe this way would work, but this way wouldn't. That's cool. Do you have any accounts, like homeschooling accounts that you would oh, recommend? Yes. Following? Let's see. What's her name? Nicole Schiffler, I think is how you pronounce her last name. She's a really great one that I, I really enjoy. She, she does unschooling, which is one of the many ways to, to homeschool. And so it's more child led and kind of plays to their interests more. It's not so much sitting down and doing math, English, science, whatever, every day. And, and so she does a really great job of showing that it's super interesting. She has, I think five kids. One of them just got into college. The other one's like in kindergarten. So she has a wide range of ages and it's really neat to see what her kids do and like what she does every day with them. It's really interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. I love that using Instagram as a way to explore different options and see and learn about different ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of accounts like that will also share a lot of books that you can, <laughs> I know books again. So if you don't like to read, maybe, maybe you won't like that, but actually a lot of them share podcasts too. And so that can be another way to get more information about it. Cool. Um, and I think also the last thing I was thinking about is that it's a really great way to to share information with other people. So for example, when we got, when I got married, I knew that I wanted to have home births with my babies. My mom had home births with my siblings. So that's what I grew up with kind of being the normal thing to do, which is not the case for most people. And my husband was not very familiar with it and it made him pretty nervous. But, and so I was like, oh, great. Like I have all these books I can show you and here's all this research. And he was very willing to learn, but he didn't like, he didn't like reading these long books about it. He said it felt too much like school. <laughs> and he's since felt the same way about other parenting topics. <laughs> and so Instagram was a really easy way to share information with him that was more digestible and not so uh, complicated or he didn't feel like it was as much of a commitment to learn about. Yeah. I really love that. And I totally feel that way. We're like, there's certain topics that I'm interested in, but not enough to like read a full book about um, it. But yeah. like, yeah, I want to like, just have a little bit of like digestible information. Yeah. Like through following an Instagram account. 
And then maybe when I'm ready, then I'll mm-hmm. listen to a podcast about it. And then if I really like that, then I'll read a book about it. Right. Like, right. That's my process of <laughs> getting deeper. But I really like that of like, it's a different way to be exposed to different ways of doing things and different information and mm-hmm. things. That's a, and that's a good example of with home births. Yeah. And there's lots of, lots of information about that on Instagram. So, you know, I could share a variety of accounts and different, I don't know, ways of talking about it. You know, there's not just one, one account that has one way of talking about it. There's lots of accounts that have lots of different ways of talking about it. So I could see which ones my husband like liked learning from more than others. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that can be nice. I can't remember if you mentioned something about this earlier, but like it can be good to be exposed to different ways of doing things mm-hmm. that are different than your own beliefs or your own. Anyways, just what you're familiar with. What are your thoughts on being exposed and like intentionally seeking out accounts that maybe are different from what you believe versus like, do you know what I'm trying to ask? Like, okay. (laughs) I actually was thinking about that earlier too. I forgot. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Um, I feel like I've done this with some things and I think it can be really good not to be just living in a bubble, like an echo chamber where you're just getting all the same ideas back to you. And it can be really good to find these accounts that have different ideas, but if it's something that makes you, I guess more, if it, if the following those accounts makes you feel bad about going on Instagram and like you feel stressed when you watch their stories or see their posts, or it makes you angry or, you know, something really negative. I don't think it's helpful anymore. Yes. It's just making you upset. So yeah. I've unfollowed some accounts that I followed to maybe have a slightly different viewpoint because maybe it was helpful at first, but then it wasn't anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really good distinction of like, try it out, learn about this like new way of doing things. But ultimately if it's, if it's not helping you, like it's okay to unfollow it. So I really like that. And it made me think, I don't remember where I heard this, but like every time you pick up your phone, it's going to evoke some sort of emotion. Like, and especially when you open Instagram, right? Like it's going to evoke some sort of emotion, whether that's like happy or confused or sad or guilty or like whatever that emotion is. And so what emotion do you want to feel when you go on Instagram? And so being intentional about who you follow because of that. Yeah. Because, you know, it's always going to be a surprise when you go on social media, you never know exactly what you're going to get, which is part of the draw. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's what keeps you coming back. Yeah. But even just with like your family and friends posts about their life, you're going to sometimes have not so great surprises and then some really good surprises, but you know, there's always that, that chance that someone has something really sad that they're going to share. And so I don't think we need to have a ton of accounts that, or maybe even any accounts that make us, that sometimes have really good posts, but most of the time just kind of make us feel bad. Yeah. Uh, Even if it's something where 
it really should be a positive account for you to follow, but in whatever season of life you're in, it's not totally like they're triggering for you from what they're sharing. Right. Because there, there was one account that I followed for a little while. I'd seen tons of people recommending her account and I'd like looked through it a little bit and I, I liked what I saw from her account. So I followed her for a couple of months, but she was just, she was like a really positive parenting, like excessively positive parenting account. And it just made me feel really bad about myself and my parenting, even though I want to be a a positive parent, you know, I'm not always in a good mood. (laughs) And it just felt like she was always in a good mood, always happy, always like, oh, this bad thing happened, but that's okay because this is good. (laughs) It just made me feel bad about myself. So I unfollowed her, even though she was kind of the sort of parent that I wanted to be, but it wasn't helpful. It wasn't doing anything good for me at the time. Yeah. That's so huge to just be mindful of like how these accounts are making you feel, even if it's what you aspire for. And even if the, the content is helpful, just being aware of how it's impacting you. Cause it's good to have a goal to reach for, but if it's just making you feel bad every time, It's probably not helping very much. Exactly. It's like defeating the purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good example. Anything else that you want to share before we close up? I think just that Instagram can be like, we've especially been talking about Instagram. So I think Instagram can be such a good place to learn so much about different topics. If you're willing to like look for them and, try and find information that's not just putting you in an echo chamber, but it can also be really negative. And so you have to be just aware of what you're, who you're following and how much time you're spending on it. And is it really making your life better? You know, you can be following all these super great accounts that should be helping you in your life. But if it's just meaning that you're spending hours every day, scrolling through Instagram, instead of really being with your kids or your spouse or just living life because you're trying to see all this inspirational stuff, you know, there comes a point where it's not super helpful anymore and you should probably get off of Instagram. (laughs) I believe we should stop focusing on the negative aspects of screens and start using them as tools to support our values. We are the first generation learning to navigate this media-saturated society, and it is not easy. You don't have to be perfect, but as you are mindful, technology can be a tool to help you thrive. We are in this together as we figure out how to live a present, intentional life in this world consumed by screens. If you appreciated this podcast, would you make sure to leave a review and subscribe? I'm so glad you could be here today, and I'll see you next week.